0: Hi, and welcome to the Tough Fish Show. I'm your host, Jen Melius, and I'm so glad that you're here. And I can't wait to introduce to you, Abby Pierce. Abby Pierce is an author, coach, fire starter, an ally, and is always up to something. Abby says that people rationalize and don't start their best work or quit when they encounter the resistance. Through one-on-one personal coaching and mentoring, Abby wants to help people make the creative change they seek. Being a veteran, she is for the crazy misfits who get a thrill out of winging it but want to turn pro. Abby believes in building safe spaces for people to navigate the awkward moments of learning together so that we can master the fear and practice the tenacity for sharing our creativity with the world. It's why Abby also co-founded a veterans networking group to help each other build our networks and create opportunities. Abby's side gigs as an author of fiction novels and blogging at Ivonics, a weekly insight into the practice of leadership and helping others to hone your real skills. Let's dive into the pond and meet Abby. Welcome to the Tough Fish Show. Thank you so much for being here, Abby Pierce. I am so glad you are
1: here. Oh, I'm so glad I'm here too. Thank you for having me.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm so excited to have you here on this show. Uh, we uh, so we were chatting right before going live, and you know i just excited to bring you to this audience. And I would love for you to start out by sharing how you have described yourself in the intro, you talked about being a fire starter and an ally and always up to something. So would you talk a little bit about that?
1: Uh, yes. Um, so I uh, Part of my sort of my day job is being a, a coach for creatives and helping sort of bring that creativity out because I know that it can hide a little and it can be lurking. It can go sort of uh, a bit untapped and, and it needs just a, a little bit of little bit of fire just to kind of get it stoked to to get it stoked and, and get it burning so that it's nice and bright and everybody else can see it. Um, but part of my history is uh, I used I was in the Royal Navy for fifteen years in the medical branch. And I left about 18 months ago and um, felt a little bit lost and isolated and was kind of getting used to life outside the wire. Um, And I I decided that sort of a corporate job in a very hierarchical, rigid organisation wasn't for me. And I wanted to be be a business owner and I wanted to freelance coach. And that's how I've ended up with my own business and um, putting myself out there and going through all that sort of painful Discomfort, <laughs> which is brilliant when you've done it.
0: But, but you're right that there is that discomfort and that can also happen when you're writing too with any creative endeavor, really. So to your point about that discomfort, how did you work through that?
1: Uh, so around about the time, uh, February 2020, uh, I was starting the creatives workshop and uh, the akimbo the workshop, the Seth Godin um, classes that he does. And I set out with this intention of creating um, a, a coaching program so that I could have a bit more structure and, and sort of follow a plan and, and get sort of all my messaging and things like that straight in my head. Um, but a few months before, I'd woken up one morning or in the middle of the night, and I'd scribbled down some strange words um, in a, in a funny order, and I and I sort of had this little secret desire to write a novel or write a book. Um, and what the uh, and sort of through the, the conclusion that I came to at the time was that I didn't want to write a self help book. I didn't want it to sort of be this is this is the way you can do it. There are other ways, but there's this way. Um, I wanted to use the freedom of fiction to tell the story of change, to really take somebody through all the ups and downs, the peaks and the troughs, um, and through all that discomfort, which I actually then experienced myself as I was writing the book.
0: <laughs> isn't that great when that happens?
1: <laughs> isn't, it, isn't it, Just? And I mean, and the only, well, the, the best thing about it was that I chose the perfect place to start it because I was writing in that community space and we were all bringing each other along. And I'd made a commitment to myself to start learning a daily habit of writing and getting those words on the page. And and some days it was, it just came out in the thousands and other days it was just the odd word here and there. But um Yes, I I certainly learned about discomfort through the through the writing process. But luckily enough, I had people around me that were there to help. So
0: a good support network really helped in in this space to help keep that momentum going, especially on the days that you felt like you were staring at a blank sheet on your screen and the cursor just sat there and blinked at you
1: yes yeah yeah (laughs) and also with the lockdown and and the rather sketchy wi-fi it wasn't just a cursor it was that sort of rainbow wheel of 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 despair as i've learned to call it as it's sort of thinking and thinking and tinkering along (laughs) oh that's awesome (laughs) i
0: I understand what you mean though because i mean there are times when you are you feel like you're in a flow and things are just happening and the words that you're writing are naturally coming onto the page, even if they're words that are going to get re and edited and so forth. But sometimes they just flow. And then sometimes it's like, oh my goodness! if I can just get this one thought out, I will have been successful today. Yes. Yes. So how did you, so you talk about it from a standpoint of fiction. How did you come up? How did you develop your character then?
1: Uh, Lots of looking in the mirror, I would probably say. So I suppose to a certain extent, it is semi-autobiographical. But I, my, my characters are sort of like hybrids of other people or, or situations that I've been in or people that I know. Um, I sort of take it, it's a bit of a Frankenstein effect, sort of taking a little bit of that person, little bit of that person, sort of stitching them together. Um, so yeah, that was quite interesting to be able to start exploring my world and experiences around me and seeing what I can draw from that and what, I, what sort of inspires me to write further. But I think one of my biggest lessons that I learned was that, um, like you say, when you are staring at that blank screen and it's sort of a bit challenging, you don't quite know what to write. Um, I sometimes found that I ended up writing around something that I particularly found uncomfortable And I think I had to really get vulnerable and really get deep and tackle that because I wasn't doing my my reader any any service um, or myself for that matter. So certainly found I found that when I was stuck, I had to kind of just step back a little bit and go, right, what is it you really want to say? You know, if you knew that nobody was going to read this, what is it you really want to say? And then sort of like the the keys would come alight. Um, And and then I sort of get brave and 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 tackle those those big hard topics that make us a bit uh, uneasy you know that's that is really beautiful because
0: it's also showing how cathartic writing can be at times that it's it can be its own form of release even if no one sees it but to your point you were able to take what you wrote and morph it into a way to share it and, and still be vulnerable. And that's, that's really, a, that's beautiful and courageous, I think too. So how did you come through the plot then? Like, how did you, like, did you come through like outlining it or did you just let writing happen? Did you have an idea for the ending? Did you have, And then you just kinda let your characters guide. So talk about the, the, the development of this book. How did you, and by the way, we have not even mentioned the name of said book talk you want to mention the name too
1: <laughs> oh yeah that would help uh, so yes i well it was quite funny because i sort of came up with the title about halfway through um, because it was sort of this phrase that everybody kept coming up with so my book is called life after um, so it, it's it's i suppose it's like the 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 opposite of afterlife which is, is sort of some themes that come along but at the time i was writing the book um it was throughout the first wave of the pandemic in the uk when everybody really was just not knowing what was going on um and there was these phrase that sort of kept coming up it was like yeah well after covid after covid after we get back to normal after and i was like yeah but there's still life and i was like ah life after so it kind of like came about that way um in terms of my my structure and how i got through it um again all part of the learning curve, but I found some uh, some very good resources. I'd read through um, Stephen Pressfield and Sean Coyne, The Story Grid. So about halfway through, I found that there was this structure that can help you. And then I sort of had to apply it and fit in, which was a little bit awkward at the time, and it was quite frustrating. But actually, once I then got into that um, got into those five fundamentals if I was finding that I was staring at a blank page and even standing back and thinking what is it you really want to write about I would kind of um default to these five fundamentals and go right am I looking for the challenge where's the change I really need to drive this point home now and that really 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 helped me is using those tools that greats like Stephen Pressfield and Sean Coyne have you have you know that have come before me Um, so yes, it was a bit of a, at the start, it was a bit of a, a messy beginning and a very messy middle that then sort of started to then get more proficient towards the end. And, and I've, I've, I think I'm, I'm getting the hang of it every day. It's, it's a learning process.
0: <laughs> well, and the fact that you mentioned Stephen Pressfield in particular, there are a few of his, I mean, I enjoy reading him as well. And there's a few of his books that are coming to mind as we're, as we're in this conversation, one of which is Turning Pro, which is talking about literally coming and showing up and doing the work that it doesn't necessarily mean that it's easy to do it means that you are committed to showing up and to doing your best in that space and you are you are there to be a professional so the fact that you like you described that you were showing up you were committed to writing you were committed to making this happen you know that's that was turning pro you know from that standpoint and then the other book that's coming to me is the um the art of the war of art and it's yeah and he talks about resistance the resistance and it sounds to me like those books were influencing a lot of what you were experiencing in a way at least those that's what it's connecting to me as I'm listening
1: yes yeah no you no, you're absolutely correct yes yeah a lot of those uh, came to mind I've got one of his that I've got marked up down the spine because I'm happy to write all I scribble over books turn down corners sticky, sticky sticky pages and things like that and down the spine i've put for emergency use only go to page 54. <laughs> think, i think it's about page 54 and in there it talks talks there's a little section about the resistance and it and it's just when you need that yes okay right yes yes this is normal it's fine i'm going to be fine okay let's move on what's next
0: You know, I love that you said that you write in books. And now it seems to me, I feel that way too. If it's a book that I really love, that it has just touched me and I find it as a, not just a resource, but I find it kind of like um, a toolkit, like something that I can really use again and again. I've fold down pages. I have sticky notes everywhere. I write in it. And I, so I'm very big into that thought process. Now there are some books I don't do that way. Like if I've borrowed a book, I certainly don't do that. Or if I'm, you know, if it's a, maybe sometimes even fiction, I don't always do that just because it's a, an enjoying process an enjoyment an escape. But when it is a book that I'm using as a tool like that, oh yeah. So yeah. I'm glad to meet somebody else who does that
1: because... <laughs> Oh, it's that sacrilege to do it! <laughs> oh yeah, no, 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 no. You need to find these things in a hurry. If it, you know, if you found, if you've thought to sort of highlight something, or you or you found that little golden nugget of information, you need to be able to reach it quickly.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh! Yes, yes, yes. So how? So when you were going through, so when you were going through life after, and you're you've written it, and you've got your first draft. How did it when you were going back through to look at edits to say what else do i need to do or before i send this to an actual to an editor for a new set of eyes but you as a writer you're always going back through your work even just to kind of say what else did you feel like you had a different did that experience feel different from writing it the first time especially considering what you were what you were trying to do by telling this story, and 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 w- during the time in which you were writing it, during this uh, the shutdown and the pandemic and such.
1: Oh, uh, massively, yes, and and again, I think it comes back to being in that community space because uh, I migrated from the creatives workshop into writing in community, um, and used that very much as my editing time, um, and I was very fortunate enough to be in a group with a couple of people that had already written some books. Um, and again, another sort of book in the toolkit was um, uh, Stephen King's On Writing, who said, once you finish your first draft, put it away. Don't touch it. Don't look at it. Don't read it. Don't think about it. Nothing. Just just set it right out of your mind. And, I, and he said, I think, for about six weeks. And I think I gave it about four because I couldn't wait any longer. I thought, well, the four's enough. Um, but because I had those people there that had already written books and, and they were there for support, Right from the outset, I very much had my editing head on. I knew I had to find that this was a different This was a different part of the process now. This was a different phase. Um, and, I, and I had to almost sort of detach myself a little bit because I knew that there was stuff that had to be deleted. I knew there was stuff that I had to get even deeper on because I'd still only scratched the surface or I'd just been skimming over some of the topics. Um, so right from early on, I'd given the manuscript to a very dear friend of mine who wasn't very happy. She loves me dearly, but she wasn't very happy because she said, I dreaded reading it, Abby, because if it was rubbish, I didn't know how I was going to tell you. <laughs> but she said, luckily, it was great. <laughs> so she she was very much my, my reader's eye um, and on certain bits. I said, don't worry about the spelling and the grammar or anything like that. I just want you to tell me how you make it feel. Um, is there sections where, you know, you were expecting something else to happen? You know, wh- whatever sort of comes up for you. What do you notice? And she did and she she sort of did this little report for me. And yeah, and I, t- I took some of her, you know, a couple of the bits. I sort of said, no, actually, I, I think that's OK. But for most of the points that she made and and again, the majority of it was she wouldn't you know, this character wouldn't have given up that easily or um, uh, this doesn't quite sound right. It doesn't. That wouldn't. That reaction wouldn't work just based on this, you know. So it was very much. She she really drove me to to go deeper, and I did. And I and I, yes, got stuck into the editing and and went on from there. So
0: what was it like coming up with the cover for the book? because it sounds like you have a different, it almost sounds like it can go a few different ways for what might this cover be like. So talk to me about how you came through that decision-making process and what that was like.
1: Okay. Uh, I knew that graphic design was not in my wheelhouse. I was perfectly <laughs> capable of, You know, I was quite happy to write the book, edit the book, um, self-published the book, but I knew that the, the cover was really important and it was something that I, I don't have the skills to do right now, you know, it's not, it's not some time I wanted to invest in. So again, through being in the community space, I got a recommendation for a book cover designer, reached out to them, um, told them about the book. Um, and at the time, I, I, I was also being asked questions in, in the course about sort of where does your book fit on a bookshelf? What other things would these people be reading? Uh, so I sort of had to really drill down on that as well. And, and I kind of came up with this picture in my mind's eye. I'd seen some other books that were written by um, uh, Elizabeth Gilbert and Brené Brown and, and, the, and the, um, all those sorts of people. And I came up with this sort of cover design. And, and I said, look, I think it, in my mind's eye, it looks like this. And I had to just write it in words. And they came back with two, two initial concepts. And I just knew straight away which one it was going to be. And I went, I'll have that one.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's an awesome process. And I think the question that you were asked of how, where do you see it on the bookshelf? I think that's a great question because it does make you think about your book a little bit differently. It also helps to say, okay, this means it can also sit in, it might sit in a few different genres. And if that's the case, then which one? if you will, might be speaking a little bit louder in that case, if it's something that might straddle a couple of them, then, or is there a way that it kind of fits and feels good with the messaging that you're trying to accomplish too? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. That is really cool. That is really, really cool. Now, it sounds to me that, so you mentioned um, the experience and time with the Royal Navy. Did that experience kind of underpin or, or come into play with, with the writing or was it uh, just was it also another one of those breadcrumbs that if you will that helped just get you to this path and where you are with your coaching and with the writing and so forth
1: now that's interesting yes I think it's both (laughs) um so some of this well the scenes and a lot of the threads that run through the book and particularly then for the characters um there are military elements because there was a although it was they weren't military they were some of the characters were ex-military and they're now on a humanitarian mission Um, and then there was some scenes on a ship traveling to the location where they're going so I was able to very clearly sort of articulate a lot of that Um, and that was very exciting to think about Um, and then there was obviously I don't want to give too much away of the book, but then something happens, and then some of the characters uh, have to go through a process of of healing, not only physically but mentally. Um, and I know that that's uh, you know very prevalent in the armed forces. Um, but interestingly. Um, my career particularly as medical as well we're very process driven you know everything's very much particularly medical you know even in the algorithms and and the um the flow diagrams that we use for sort of trauma situations and that's how you learn as well you learn sort of like these acronyms and it's all very like you do this and then you do this and and what have you so to a certain extent that came in very useful for when i had to look at an outline and then put in the five, you know, the five fundamentals and, and think of the structure of the chapters and things like that. But the best thing about it was, is that because now I was writing and I'm on my own, is that I can learn the rules and now I can break them. And I can, I can shift things about and, and I haven't necessarily got to stick to that structure too rigidly. Um, so I'm, I'm very much, much like a lot of my characters, I'm a bit of a hybrid writer <laughs> in that I have you know, strict structure, um, but then I sort of, you know, I'll, I'll throw in a bit of mischief at the end. Mischief.
0: <laughs> mischief. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Throw in a bit of mischief. <laughs> but I think that that's, but that's a reflection of what we all have. We all have spots of playfulness or things where something isn't going the way we thought and it kind of throws a a, a wrench in the process or what have yeah. you. And so a lot of times when a book feels relatable like that, it makes it feel like it does make it feel like you're not alone as a reader, even even when it is fiction, it still has the ability to create that connection and empathy that hey somebody does understand and you can have that you just kind of feel like you can kind of get into that even a bit more when you have that piece going on, I think.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: definitely. So when uh Now you said that you wanted it to be fiction, but is that something that, is fiction your complete path? Like, do you have another book maybe under, in your mind's eye that you might be wanting to start to bring forth? And would it also be fiction or do you think you would
1: you know, pursue something different? Um, never say never <laughs> is, is, is the truth, but. Um, for now, I shall be sticking in the realms of fiction purely for the fact that it's just so limitless and, and it's so playful yeah. and and you can be mischievous and it doesn't matter because it's just, it's it's all invented, as Benjamin Zander says, you know, it's all invented. <laughs> yes. So I'm really leveraging that at the moment. And, you know, rule number six, don't take yourself too seriously. Um so yes there is book two on the way and and it was very and I was quite excited to start it purely for the fact that because I'd learnt from the first one about the outline and the structure press fields um false gap method um the story grid outline um and uh some sort of five c sort of story scaffold structure as well from from doing the story skills workshop I I set out with my structure from the beginning and then then sort of picking up on some of the sort of the writing tools that we get to play with now as well things like Scrivener and and Ulysses and or whichever one you know that suits you and I sort of put all the pages out ready and I lined you know I lined everything up I, I my military head kicked in and and I got everything all organized so that then I could have this like messy middle and 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 sort of just work through some of the the um the the other aspects that I wanted to explore in the book so um the next one is looking very much more about um redemption and and self-worth and you know the inner guilt and outer guilt and shame and all those kind of like quite dark things
0: oh so listeners Oh my audience, did you just hear that awesome little nugget that there is another book that'll be coming down the pike? We heard it here first. I'm so excited. <laughs> and if you already said- <laughs> it, <laughs> and, and if you're watching the YouTube, if you're watching this on YouTube, you should be able to look over Abby's shoulder and see the book on her bookshelf. So, I'm just going to shout that out here because it is on her bookshelf, which means it ought to be on yours too. So, I am curious, Abby, what are you doing now?
1: At the moment yeah um desperately trying to write but yes i keep getting distracted but it's distraction for a good reason um so much like a very similar scene that happened in uh, life after actually i got a phone call from an old navy buddy who said um loads of veterans in our region are really under supported and um did you want to help change that and i said uh hell yeah (laughs) So, so um we we've got together we we're working with another um uh, veteran organization that does networking more near the london area but we're sort of on the other side of the the coast of england um and we've been promoting um a veteran networking uh call uh for veterans their families but also connecting them with business owners and recruitment um, we had our launch call on tuesday and uh, everyone had a fabulous evening. We've already got people signed up for the next one. Um, And we're really, really, really excited about it. We're doing co-working sessions so that we can all get together in a Zoom room, sit and co-work, then network for a little bit, and then co-work and then network. So we're kind of like blending that as well. Um, And it's really quite exciting times. And um, I'm, yeah, there could be other things, but who knows, let's just, Throughout possibility.
0: <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. But I love that you sound so excited about what you're doing to help to help the veterans in your area too. I think that that's such a lovely thing that you're able to do, and that's that's yeah. so awesome. Thank you yeah. so much yeah. for helping, with for, for your service, but also your service to to support other veterans too. That's just a beautiful thing. Yeah. 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 So, Thank you. so how can people connect with you, and how can people find that book, Life After?
1: So Life After is available um, exclusively to Amazon uh, and if they search Life After. Um, I do have the pen name AJ Miller. So if you do get a bit confused, um, it is the right book. Uh, and also I have a website called evenix.com. That's E-V-O-E-N-I-X.com. Evenix, like Stevie Nicks. Um, and I have the links to Amazon on the, um, on the, on the front page of my webpage there. And um, I write a blog as well. So if you wanted to subscribe to my blog, it's a weekly one that comes out on a Wednesday, just to give you sort of things to think about leadership and creativity and just where you're putting your energy and time and resources at the moment.
0: I love this. Thank you so much, Abby, for being on the show, being a fire starter here and just sharing such goodness with this audience. Thank you so much for being here. It has been such a joy to have you.
1: Yeah. and and likewise thank you very much for having me it's been wonderful thank you
0: absolutely thanks for listening today i'm so glad you were here and know there were some valuable nuggets shared to keep going keep writing and keep sharing your work i'm a big believer that if you have a book that's in your heart to write then there's someone else out there who needs to read it your story needs to be shared so you have to write it and get it out into the world until next time Keep swimming upstream while going with the flow and get your book into the world. To learn more about tough fish and jump into the pond, visit jennifermilias.com forward slash tough fish.